I'm stretched out like a great big river Wait on and let's swim together And lines are blurred, the infinity of choice Entering the temporal void Do something about your long, filthy hair. It looks like a rat's nest. Do something about your mullet. Get out the hair clippers, jerk. Cut the mullet. Cut the mullet. Cut the mullet. Cut the mullet. Get the rat's nest off your head. Get that crazy-ass mullet off your skull. Take your ass to the barber shop. Tell the barber that you're sick of looking like an asshole. Cut the mullet. Cut the mullet. Cut the mullet. Cut the mullet. The mother is the reason why people hate you. They are sick of looking at your nappy weed sack. Nobody wants to look at you with that mother on your head. Why don't you cut that mother, you numb score? Cut the mullet. Cut the mullet. Cut the mullet. Cut the mullet. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago, insure what? It's the insurance superstore. Live from Desolation Row slash Margaritaville, this is Duff Dixon. You're listening to Play It By Ear, the show that examines the history of popular music one year at a time. You just heard Cut the Mullet. From Chicago outsider music legend Wesley Willis from 1996. Now, duh, 
Does that mean that it is 1996 night? It should follow that it must be 1990. No! It is not 1996 tonight. In fact, tonight's episode will not be surrounding a specific year. Thank you to my ominous orchestra for backing me up on the way to that moment. No, welcome to this weird little episode I wanted to do. This is like this is like a gap episode, you know? Like I feel like all I've been doing on the show is work and like dealing with people's feelings and I mean a guy got killed on the show last week. It's getting out of hand on play it by year. Let's remember what this is all about. Tunes, collars, good times. That's what we're going for. That's what we're driving at. This week, welcome to the Pandora's Blocks episode. Now, y'all know the legend of Pandora's Box, where I should have looked it up first. But, you know, you open the box, untold terrors escape, you cannot close them back in once it doesn't really actually apply as a metaphor for what we're doing because what we're doing is i got four blocks of music that i've been wanting to do blocks on this show of but they just don't comfortably fit inside of single years these are evergreen movements sprawling movements that that you know just cannot be contained in a normal episode of play by year so so that Wesley Willis just now was a nod to that. I considered doing a whole outsider music block, uh, but it felt a little too much. Let's just get Wesley in there. He's the king. And, uh, and we got four weird, cool blocks of sprawling music for y'all today. Now you might be wondering, Duff, if there is no year, does that mean that there will be no lost chapters of history? How are you going to do it? If there's well, what if I told you I had a lost chapter of history which exists outside of the parameters of time and so is just perfect for a show like today? I happen to have... Now, this isn't something I, I'm, I'm telling you right now. This is technically a rumor. This is not something I can verify with my own eyes. But if you ever meet an alien race who, uh, you know, interacts with the fourth dimension differently than we do, you know, is not bound to a single point on the fourth dimensional graph. All of them have a similar folk tale about a being who existed before the big bang. God, a creator, not exactly more just like this thing that was hanging out in the void between, you know, before space and time. You know, between creation before space and time, there was this being in the void. Now, a lot of, I don't know why, but a lot of these cultures refer to this being as Fred. So we're going to call him Fred for the purposes of this Lost Chapters in History. What can I tell you about Fred? Well, you know, details differ from culture to culture. One thing everybody tends to come down on the side of, 
uh, Fred loves to, to wear sunglasses ironically. He likes to kind of show off like, see, I'm a cool dude, but not really. I'm like making fun of the idea of a cool dude. That's the general vibe you get with Fred. Uh, he loves flaming hot Cheetos. Um, oh gosh, what else? He is the size of if you rolled up all the matter in the universe into one and then tripled it. Um, see, it's, it's different though, because like the Tralfamadorians, they say that Fred, you know, he will come back again someday and we're all going to have to take turns letting him sleep on our couch. But then like another race thinks that Fred was destroyed when the big bang happened. Anyway, just thought I'd introduce you to a little character in the origin of our, uh, universe, Fred, the guy who came before, uh, how about a discussion question? You know what I've been thinking about a lot? What am I, what do I know for real? Like, what am I really an expert in? Because I feel like anything I feel like I know a lot about, I can name 10 people who I feel know way more than me. And you think, having been alive for 20 billion years, that on some level, I should be like an expert in anything. But it starts to feel like more of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none situation. I, I've really come to think, I think what I could hold court about the most, to be honest, is high school football. I think that's my area of expertise. Is that a little sad? I feel like as that, as that comes out of my mouth, I should feel sad about that. But I'll be honest, I kind of just want to throw up the devil horns and say, hell yeah, high school football rules. What about y'all? What's your area of expertise? What do you? What can you really hold court about? What do you feel pretty confident in your knowledge base about when it comes to, yeah, just what's your area of expertise? Y'all get it. Pandora's blocks. We're going to start out with one that I'm really excited about. This is going to be the power pop block. Now, I looked at doing a power pop block, oh gosh, when? Back in 78. I looked at doing one in 92. But I just found that the thing about power pop is it never dies. It just symbioses itself onto new movements, you know? It was part of the pub rock thing. It was part of the arena rock and glam rock thing. Then it joined up with punk. Then it joined up with garage rock revival. Then it joined up with indie rock, etc., etc. It's sort of like nobody can kill the joy we all feel when somebody's playing big, bright power chords, singing a real catchy melody, and doing some harmonies over it. It just never goes out of fashion. To that point, I got five songs for you in this block. Here's the thing. The best power pop songs should be under three minutes long, in my opinion. I've also picked songs that span a great length of time. And I would love it if you were following along in the chat tonight. Throw out a guess for when you think the song that you're listening to during this block might have come from. I think you might be able to do it based on like, you know, little sensibility and production clues, but it's still fun to hear like how these things stay consistent across the history of power pop. Let's get on into it here on Pandora's blocks night with the power pop play it by year with me, Duff Dixon. <laughs> Let's go. 
Good night, love. 
for me that I need. I'll need to sit through an hour long power pop record, but 13 minutes, anytime, anytime you just heard. I'm about to settle some scores, by the way, listeners in the chat, specifically Houston and Strumbum have been going back and forth guessing what year all them songs came from. I'm about to, I'm about to, uh, make some revelations y'all just heard mars the god of war by the beths from last year 2020 that's how recent we got uh before that witch's wand by sloan that was from 2008 and uh lava by by silver sun from 1996 uh rock and roll girl by the beat that was from 1982, and we began that block with Feel All Right by Cargo from 1972. I mean, you could, you know, you could hear, okay, that kind of solo, that's probably from the 70s. But at the same time, like, the fundamentals never change. All those songs just, like, hang out together. They don't care. It's all one big power pop. The winner, by the way, Houston, by my count, got closer more often than Frank. Frank nailed a couple of them, though. A couple of smart, couple of smart fellers in my chat. Uh, we're going to go on over to the phones because that's what we do on this show, right? We take phone calls from people who call in. We have discussion questions. A reminder, discussion question tonight, what is your area of expertise? Let's head on over to the phones right now. Caller, you're on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey, Duff. This is Angie. Hey, Angie. Look, it's like this is, I love, nothing makes me happier, Angie, than when I say that <laughs> sentence and then a caller of your caliber is on the other line. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks. It's good to be here. New year, new you. You holding up? You feeling okay? You feeling like, hey, look, the ba- the worst is behind us? Or are you like, hey, don't gear up. Get ready. Uh, You know, it depends on what day you ask me. I feel a little bit of both, you know? Like, yeah. Whew, yeah. We're getting through it. I've been here. worrying a little bit just because it's 2021 now, and uh, I've never been in a version of this year where everybody on Earth doesn't die at the end of it. So I'm, <laughs> that's something that I've been kind of dealing with, Angie, feeling a little bit nervous about the cataclysm. What about that discussion question, though? I would love to know, particularly you, what do you consider to be your area of expertise? Well, first off, I I was thinking about this, and there's definitely some things that I wish I was an expert at. Um, like stocks, for instance. Oh uh, yeah. Would have <laughs> been a good time to be. Although Angie wasn't the twist this time around that the experts kind of got, they were, they were out in the cold this time around. It's true. It's true. You know, I, uh, I went for it. I got some AMC stock. So, uh, diamond hands all the way, <laughs> man, ne- next time you call in, you might have like a transatlantic accent and sound like a, f- like a fancy lady from an old movie or something. 
but yeah, we'll see what happens. It's been interesting going on Reddit because um, I have to say that I've never really gone on Reddit and I felt like I was opening like my child's diary and realizing they're like a school shooter. Um, it was pretty <laughs> crazy. Like, that oh, really is, perfectly describes the experience of going on Reddit <laughs> where you're just like, there's something wrong with this fella. And you're saying it over and over and over again. Yeah, it's wild, but I'm learning a lot. We'll put it that way. Maybe you'll become a millionaire. Maybe you'll become an incel. It could go either way, Angie. You might you might One, strike it rich or you might start you might what do they call it? Take the black pill is what they call it. <laughs> One can only hope. Um but yeah, as far as uh, expertise, uh the one that you know, it's hard to say, but it's, I'm a little embarrassed, but I would say foosball. Foosball? Don't be embarrassed. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool to be an expert in that. Are you real good at it? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I'm man. good at foosball. And I'm, you know, I'm, it's hard for me to say like I'm good at things, but I'm good at foosball. I'm, I can say that with conviction. I feel it. I felt the BDE in your voice just now. I have no doubt that if you and I faced off at the table, I would be crushed in, an, in a most <laughs> embarrassing way, Angie. Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, my dad had like this side hobby where he would put foosball tables in bars. And then at night, he had to leave to go clean the tables, in quotes. So he would spend all night there, you know, dealing with that. But oftentimes, I would go with him. And so uh, I was playing a lot of foosball. And then he had an extra one at some point and put it in my room because he had nowhere to put it. So I just played foosball with my friends constantly. And I've won money. It's fun. Angie, Angie yeah. this biopic is writing itself right now. <laughs> this is the Queen's Gambit, but it's like, you know, the goalie's conundrum or something. And it's about you as a little girl. You know, you finally see something that makes sense to you. You get that spark. You're like, oh, man, I'm all about foosball now. It's a story of love and discovery, of hardship and loss. And most of all, of just you just crushing boys at foosball tables. Yeah, it's great. And it's I'm unassuming about it. Like you wouldn't, if you looked at me, you might not guess that I'm good at foosball. A you hustler. Know? A hustler. Yeah. Yeah, let's I really play around. Lot, like, sure, I'm not maybe... doing anything else. Why not? Let's play around. Boom. Yeah. Dominate. <laughs> it's true. And, you know, after all of the pandemic and all that, you know, if it ever ends, uh, I'm thinking maybe I could take this on the road a little bit. You know, I think... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a thing, though, like, that's really annoying if you play with someone that doesn't really know um, where they spin the rods. Oh, yeah, where you, like, give it an Indian burn. That's not a nice thing for me to say. I shouldn't even say Native (laughs) American burn. What she call that? That motion where you go between your hands and spin. I'm guilty as charged, Angie. If I'm overwhelmed at a foosball table, you might see me do that, that move. Yeah, you know, I was actually looking up uh, one a while back uh, because I was always saying that to people like you can't spin if you're going to play with me you can't do that you have to like play by the rules and so i was looking up the official rules one day and you're not supposed to spin but then i guess there's like an actual like official tournament and then in 2012 they made it so that you can spin 360 degrees twice during the game and i was really upset about that like that is It's like in the NBA where once you pick up the ball, you can take two steps after that, but without it being traveling. It's a similar idea. I see what they're getting at. I mean, it would take a new kind of control. Like you ever seen a professional pinball player, how they hip check it? They like smash the pinball table with their hips just enough so it don't tilt, but they can like, you know, 
slightly shift the trajectory. Maybe what you need to do is figure out how to really master this. What would it be? Uh, uh, what? Si- 720 spin? The 720 spin? You know, add yeah. it to your arsenal. I mean, I, I probably should. Yeah. I didn't realize that, that that was the intention with pinball. I always thought they were just trying to seduce me when they were doing that. Oh, like, look at me. Yeah. Look at me be all yeah, sexy like- on this pinball. <laughs> <laughs> pinball machine. Look at me Ew. dressed on the pinball machine. Gross. I'm like, oh boy. As soon as we as soon as you get like horny and pinball together, it just brings up that <laughs> terrible scene in that movie. So you're not gonna you're not gonna seduce Duff Dixon trying to be sexy playing <laughs> pinball, that's for sure. Angie, what about the move you probably couldn't do this in regulation, right? Because you'd have to have both sticks uh of adjoining planters. But what about when you you like catch the ball? between the two rows by bringing their feet up at the same time and then kind of boo flip it over the top you know that move that's a good move that's that's totally within regulation love it love that that's yeah, style that kind that, of stuff yeah you gotta you're dribbling you know table soccer well, it was originally table football because you know it was invented uh i think it was like in the 20s or 30s and the UK is where it came from. Table and the guy that uh, invented it also invented the seatbelt. What? The guy who made up? See, the, you are an expert. You've earned, you are the official foosball <laughs> expert in play by year now, Angie. You've got yeah. not only our dominant player, you've got the background info about foosball. We all learned something about foosball tonight. Very exciting. Call me anytime you have foosball questions. Once we're both vaccinated, Angie, I'm on. Let's let's con, let's commit. We'll meet up in person. I need you to hand me my ass on the game of foosball. All right, it's a deal. All right, thanks for calling in, Angie. Call back anytime. Excellent caller. Love talking to Angie. She's just so much fun. Always fun to talk to Angie. Hey, Pandora's blocks. What what am I going to do next? I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. Oh, boy. <laughs> Y'all ain't ready for this early in the episode for me to be getting into the horrorcore hip-hop block, but that's exactly what y'all are about to get. Horrorcore hip-hop. What does it mean? What does it all mean, Duff? Well, it's rap music sort of told from the perspective of the villain in a horror movie. A demon-possessed gentleman, perhaps. Maybe just a run-of-the-mill serial killer. We're talking about not violence on the level of, of, of just typical gangster rap. Much too tame. We're talking about extreme Fangoria levels of gore in the horrorcore hip-hop music. And also, sometimes, maybe a few words will slip out in these songs that I, Duff Dixon, want to get out in front and say, play it by ear, does not endorse all of the sentiments you will hear in this next block. Not for the faint of heart, not for the feeble of eared. This is spooky stuff. It's extreme stuff. Horrorcore has had quite a history. And we're going to sample it tonight on the Horrorcore block from Play It By Year with me, Duff Dixon. Okay, I understand you guys are pleading insanity, claiming demonic spirits possess you to do these hideous murders. Can you please explain to this court how these so-called spirits made you into these raving madmen? Be a witness as I exercise my exorcism. The evil that lurks within the sin, the terrorism. Possess my evil spirits, voices from the dead. I come forth with grave diggers in a head full of dread. I've been examined ever since I was semen. They took the sonogram and seen the image of a demon. At birth, nurses surrounded me with needles and drugged me all up with the diseases of evil. 
grew up in hell, now I dwell in an Islamic temple I'm fighting a holy war in the mental Look deep in my eyes, you see visions of death Possessed by homicide is what I am obsessed Giving niggas brain dimples Dragging their asses on my hook by their temples The cause of death is unknown to the cops Cause when I kill them, I'm not leaving one element, two or tops First I'll assassinate him, and then I cremate him Then take all of his fucking ashes and evaporate him Or creep through the graveyard and hunt down your tombstone Dig up your skeleton and stomp all your fucking bones You try to haunt me nigga, I ain't trying to hear it Buck, 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 I give your ass a holy spirit By the wicked inspirations of an evil gen I realized my ideas has spawned for 400 years of blood, sweat, and tears I saw the torture, brutal murder of my father So my brain became stained with the horror I'm having reoccurring nightmares Of being soaking wet, strapped down to the electric chair I got tackled with handcuffs and shackles And restraint in the bottom of a holy tabernacle They gave me nothing to eat for two weeks And so my eyelids open so I couldn't sleep about to die from thirst, that's when the minister Quenched my jaws with a cold glass of vinegar Upon my wounds, they seasoned me with salt And knelt my hands and feet to the form of a cross ah, I cried as the blood dripped inside On my eye, refusing to die Visions of hell tormented my fate So I chewed my fucking arm off and made an escape Into the realms of understanding And take good heed and you could bleed while I'm scanning Three stages of pure hell, 60 cages of red cells Shh, Raindrops hit the pearls, path is dull and narrow You stalk by shadow, I pierce your skull with a fucking arrow So narrow only one could enter at a time Stuck in the center, read the signs, a thousand doors to choose You better hurry, don't stop, shit is getting hot as a pot of curry on your right side, there's fire. Your left, deep waters. Watch your step, there's deep waters. What's that coming through the floor? Is a claw. Took his fucking ass to the fucking core. Ah! Stroll through the dark conditions. I stone you till I see sparks and frictions. I chop you like a coal miner. Then combine the drug and mix it with your blood. Some more, I give you some more and watch you crawl. Guts hit the floor, worms exit your pores. I trick you, ha, then I'm quick to syringe. Deep between my thoughts that bust out your skin. You scream, portraits of inflictable pain. You can't stand, you're up to your hands in quicksand. You're sinking and sinking deep into the earth. Thoughts was possessed since the first day of birth. My mental says it's my turn to possess the matter. Stab you with a dagger up Jacob's ladder. Thoughts become shattered, confused and tragic fiery thoughts of grave diggers Drinking a bio 
like your pancreas The fanciest cancerous Talking lyricist Pack a shank on the hip You're a skanky bitch Slit your wrist, clitoris If you're inhibited I'll piss in your syphilis Ink your best Mr. Death Doctor Demise Surgeon's lice You'll die really slow If you don't appreciate life You're whack if you don't appreciate knives The way your knife slices precise Is try if it's a demonic device The chronic you light Inhale For those in jail To those that beef Get impaled And buried in snails My brain's charred Like burnt flesh is scarred Ripping your breast apart Digest your heart Kid, you know you can't fuck with this. this. Don't you know that my shit's too sick? Kid, you know you can't fuck with this. You might get your gold fucking head split. Kid, you know you can't fuck with this. Yeah, you know my shit's too sick. Kid, you know you can't fuck with this. You might get your whole fucking head split. Terrorize your whole clique, make you suck on your own tits. Now spit the cancer out, grab a Glock, call me some man's in a lot, blow your brains on the seats. Barracos, veins on the streets, cocaine, dust, and weed. Kill you slowly, it's a must, you bleed. Pop a vein in your skull from the stress, feeling numb in your chest, anxiety attack. Murder you with a variety, an axe, a mac, a blackjack, a back crack. Right upside your fucking head, for talking shit about this kid, you bled, sadistic and red. My biscuit pumps lead. Cock it, obnoxious, you chopped up in boxes I'm toxic, my topics are gothic Morbidity, you can't get rid of me The reason is humidity is shit to me So kill yourself and write a note Right before the news wraps tight around your throat Your windpipe is choked New York is full with transvestites and codes Helpless wenches, controlled and sacrificing goats It's death, 42nd Street, derelicts Reppin' it, selling shit malevolent Man, felons, kid I got three in the fam Me and my man will beat you with hands Leave you beneath the sand You're sinking quickly I'm thinking I'm sickly I need medication The cadavers are getting stinky Kid, you know you can't fuck with this Don't you know my shit's too sick Kid, you know you can't fuck with this You might get your whole fucking head split Kid, you know you can't fuck with this Don't you know my shit's too sick Kid, you know you can't fuck with this You might get your whole fucking head split Fucking head split. Fucking head split, bitch. Fucking head split. Shop trying to sell this blonde watch. She's a white vegetarian, I'll get his blonde cock. 
lip balm She's some nun bitch from St. John Told her that her pastor was a faggot and he likes John He's a janitor, recreational rector manager I am not nuts, consider me a little pecan That'll get your chest nutted on with an acorn They sworn that I was all fucking nuts like a gay porn Cause I disregard the white dress and the perm weave And the headrest hat that had about eight thorns I was born back, wolf pack, nigga, fuck that Somebody tell Satan that I want my fucking swag back So the fucking school suggested me a therapist I confessed to being atheist They said I was possessed by a demon Cause I wanna see a bitch infested with my semen And oppressed by my give a fuck less Of the baby not being digested By a fucking hungry bum Feeding kids to slutty nuns But it's come Got a fucking blogger need a post I can get it done I know you like this, like what? this hot come that's for my dick Call me a clown, but a week from now you're gonna hear this And begin to ride on my dick Like how the fuck did we miss these kids shit? Oh yeah, we're old as fuck, we didn't have our glasses But fuck y'all, I don't need y'all help I got 20,000 views on French itself And I did the video for really though You silly rabbit faggot tricks off a kid till we go Shit, head rush. 
red brush, lipstick, she just crush a lot and Every pun pales a comparison, a joke to a jester, she inundated with dick and becoming conservative and her fucking and nervous that she would rush him, but murder wasn't discussing. The further she learned to trust him, the murder of love and lust. And she's serving it all up just cause he hold her when he was bust. Until nine months later, with a stomach full of devil, baby. She started to think it's time to pump the brakes. But that train left the station with the great migration. Bloody tracks left right by the drain. Say the name. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned candlesticks in the dark visions of bodies being burned candlesticks in the dark visions of bodies being burned candlesticks in the dark visions of bodies being burned candlesticks in the dark visions of bodies being burned candlesticks in the dark visions of bodies being burned can you say it again can you say it again can you look into the mirror and then say it again can you say it again can you say it again can you say the name say the name Say it. The hook gon' be the coldest pimp slap. Coat rack for man's skin. Let it air dry. Swiss cheese, the brother already half dead. Brain leaking out a hole in his forehead. Lobotomies like pills. Get them for cheap. The party line crack kills. They trying to see. But this one more a hairline fracture. Leave the face painted a mask for the hereafter. After the smoke clears and the highs come down. And the halogen hallucinations don't make a sound. Just a bunch of scared Junkies not making the call and a Guernica and blood on the wall. Say the name. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. year uh y'all just heard clipping with say the name before that tyler the oh sorry clipping with say the name from last year 2020 before that tyler the creator with splatter from 2010 and necro uh with your effing head split i'm making my own sensor there from 2000 and uh we begin that block with grave diggers diary of a madman from 1994 if you don't know Y'all, y'all just heard like the history of horrorcore in four songs. You had the early establishment '90s block of it 
in that Gravedigga song. Then we did the Insane Clown Posse Psychopathic Records era stuff with that 2000 Necro song. He wasn't in Insane Clown Posse, but I mean, he was in the stable and would paint his face up in clown paint for his shows. And then 2010... Tyler, the creator, Odd Future hitting the scene with the with the punk rock new kids on the block, that permutation of horrorcore. And then last year, Clippin comes out, David Diggs of Hamilton fame, his group comes out with a horrorcore record. It's like the it's like the toast of the internet. So sometimes it's like the most maligned and uncool music. Sometimes it's like the most anti-establishment. And sometimes the Tumblr kids like it. Horrorcore, you never know. You never know what who it's going to be for every time it comes back. Hey, let's take another call. Reminder, discussion question tonight. What is your area of expertise? Got somebody on the line right now. Uh, caller, you are on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Howdy, Duff. It's, it's Ryan. Hey, Ryan. How you doing tonight? You having an okay week? Not particularly, Duff. No. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm happy well- to be here on the line with... With you. I've been oh. waiting to talk to you, itching for it. Well, well, it's great to be here with you too, Ryan. I love spending time with the listenership and, and whoever calls in. Have you been enjoying the tunes tonight? Can I ask that? Were you at least feeling the bump in your head, depending on no matter what's happening in your life, music can still be a transportive force? Yeah, music is a, it's, it's, it's a hobby of mine, I guess you could say. Music listening is... and. I actually have a, a history with the horrorcore genre, uh, Odd Future. You know, back when I was in high school, it was really what <coughs> it was really what got me into into hip hop. That sounds uh, bad, there, buddy. You got COVID. You got COVID nineteen. No, I I told you what happened to me last time I called. Oh, I'm so sorry. It slipped. It slipped my mind. That's embarrassing. Ryan, you called in before you said. Yes, on several occasions, stuff. Oh, oh, shoot. That's okay. Uh, could you just, I'm sorry. Could you just refresh my memory? You told me something happened to you with your cough? <sighs> um, I worked, I got an internship for a chemical plant, and then one day that chemical plant exploded. Oh, okay. Yeah. I apologize, Ryan. Yes, I remember this perfectly. What was it, Rotovator or something like yeah, that? Yeah, there you go. It's in there somewhere, I guess. It's in there. So I'm sorry. That's that's offensive. I'm sorry. I forgot. Yes, you were you were an unfortunate an unfortunate victim in a a terrible accident at that chemical plant. And I know your life was in all kinds of turmoil. But before we get to that, tell me a little bit more about your relationship with horrorcore. You just like that odd future stuff, or do you you get into that grave diggers Wu Tang Clan? stuff what'd you think of that clipping record for example oh the clipping record's great i think they've been they've really kind of been coming into their own these past few years i know when they started off a lot of people wrote them off as a kind of kind of like a death grips knockoff at the time but i think they've really developed their own like almost pop music sensibilities and i think it's Provided some great records these past few years. It feels like they're like post because the internet moment or their first like, you know, take care moment where like sometimes you get somebody coming into hip hop who's got so much context behind them that you think like, I don't know if they're cool enough to be accepted into hip hop music like a Drake or a, or a childish Gambino. But then if the quality of the output is good enough, eventually they're going to be like lifting that velvet rope, letting them on in. Right. 
Yeah, and clipping has definitely found a sort of niche where now people pay attention. You know, yeah. when clipping announces a record, people people are gonna listen. I'm looking forward to whatever they do next, personally. But what about you? So your your uh, health is still a concern. We're a few months out from this explosion. What's uh, can you just catch me up on some of what's been going on with you? So last time we talked, uh, I asked you. You had your 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 best friend Tad on the line that night. Okay. Well, I don't want to talking speak. to you about you know your friendship. And that, you know, that strong relationship that goes back a long okay. time and his part in the Archangel Project. He was some like sort of engineer, correct? I, I, I don't want to be petty and feel like I'm shouting into the void here. I would not personally describe Tad as my best friend. Rest in peace. No disrespect to the dead. Uh, we did unfortunately lose Tad last week, but, but my, my, I would just say maybe colleagues. Is that, can we say colleagues maybe? Sure. So you told me to call your friend Ted on the on the line after we talked. You sent me his information, and I talked to him for a while. And you know, I need what I asked him to do was I asked him to give me the information that I would need to sort of make my own time travel device. That's like you right. Had. You want to try to hop back to before this ever happened? Yeah, and, and because Rotavator is blaming me for it. They think that I. They say they have evidence that I was involved in the incident that I caused it. Do you know what that evidence is? I have no idea. My lawyer got some evidence this past week, actually, that he says is uh, damning. Oh, boy. Uh, but I don't, you know, my memory is really spotty. I don't okay. remember what happened. I asked him to tell me, and he wouldn't. He told me that, you know, when somebody's in the hospital and the doctors act like they're going to be fine because positive, like, vibrations in the body can sort of help the body get over sure, whatever it's sure. with. Uh, yeah, he like, said it's like you said it's like that. So he wouldn't show me whatever they had. But that doesn't sound good to me. That doesn't sound good at all. I I gotta say, Ryan. I mean, I can't imagine why you would have because you just gotten that job. Why you would have sabotaged, created some kind of a disaster that you yourself were implicated in physically and harmed. You know, I, so I certainly I, cannot imagine, Duff. That's it, not my style. I'm a lot sneakier than that. I, one way I could help you, because I do feel like we have such a good rapport, despite my not remembering you until you jog my memory a little bit. If you need like a, a phone-in character witness at that trial, I'll just go ahead and say, I think Ryan's a, a straight shooter. Love talking music with the guy. Can't imagine he would do something like this. Maybe that'd be helpful. Well, hopefully it, it won't get to that, Duff. Uh, I was talking to Tad about it, and he was telling me he had this quote-unquote supremely dope formula to create create this time travel device. It's like I wear it on my wrist, and I hit the button, and it takes me back. And I mean, look, was, that sounds like you're describing the recontinuator. It also sounds like something Tad would have said. Uh, so ha he, any forward yeah. motion on that? Well, he gave me a lot of the information and then said, you know, he said there was one more critical piece of the puzzle. And then he just kind of disappeared on me. I was waiting. He said he had to go research it. And then I was waiting and I was waiting. Uh, and then I tuned in last week. Yeah. And he went off and got himself killed on me. Yeah, so I got shot that, in the head. Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. A lot of us are feeling real broken up about it. Well, yeah, hey, I'm sure, that's, I know how hard uh, it must be to lose a friend like that. 
sure. You know, in my sure. desperation, I just kind of went ahead because, you know, my health has been failing me, too. I lost all my hair. And uh, oh, this, just no. this past couple of weeks, my eyes and my mouth just ooze blood constantly. That sounds terrible. I I know you also had some kind of a, what, a green mark on your head? Am I remembering yeah, that correctly? Yeah, people started calling me the green man. The green man. Oh, boy, and that cough doesn't sound good neither. Boy, this is a dire so, stuff, and now Tad's gone. I'm not sure what yeah, we can do. I, I took a guess. I, I'm not going to lie to you, Duff. I made an executive decision. I took a guess on how to finish that little pocket watch. And I okay, got all excited. Okay. I put it on my wrist. I colored it. I colored it like that like that show Ben 10. And I, oh, and I sure. Hit, I hit the button. And I thought it was working. You know, you know, right? You feel like this warmth in your yeah, bones. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, it goes just over up to the line of too hot, but then not never quite crosses it. I know what you mean. It's like there's like a thousand like marbles rolling around inside your body. And it, Definitely. But it started to move up my arm, and then it stopped. And then there was a flash, and my wrist was gone. Oh, My boy. hand had, like, fused to my arm. Oh, no. So now I have, like, a T-Rex arm, and the watch is gone. I have oh, to start boy. off. Is it facing out straight, at least, or is it kind of an angle? It's... It's not good. It's like a, it's okay. like a tree branch kind of thing where it yeah. just kind of goes once. Kind of like Hank Hill's dad in King of the Hill, but your your arm and hand instead of his legs and and feet. Well, that sounds like you got real close, but no cigar yeah. is what it so sounds like. I'm to gonna me. need you to to tell me what I need to know. Ah, uh, you can do uh, it privately boy. after the show. You can call me up and tell me the information I need, but I can't live like this, Duff. I got nothing but sympathy for you, dude, but I'm just a guy with a radio show. I've used those devices, but I don't know a dang thing about theoretical applied physics and alien technology. Aside from push the button, it goes burr. You do You're some time traveling. Dixon, I don't believe you for a goddamn second. All right. Well, I, I know why you're feeling hot and upset, and I'm, I wish I could be of more help. I'm happy to call you, and we can talk it over, but I really... I'm the last guy I could help you with this. <sighs> Duff, you, you're on the run now, right? I remember hearing last week that Archangel was looking for you, and you and Colleen packed your bags. And Oh, yeah, I'm on. A, I'm in a, a, a secret location now. Nobody knows my whereabouts these days. Well, I'll tell you, it won't stay secret for long, Duff, because I will find you, and you will tell me what I need to know. Green Man, don't be like that. Come on, Green... Oh, my... He... Green Man hung up on me? Sorry, Ryan. Ryan hung up on me. Can't believe he'd do me like that. Just because I feel... I feel for the guy. I want to help. I got no reason to hide the tech. I mean, look, he, he should be concerned about spending 10 billion years in the time stream. But I, I'm sympathetic. The guy's facing a lot of... Anyway, can't believe he hung up on me. I expected better of the green man than that. Hmm. Well, anyway, let's get back into the music. Pandora's blocks. We got a jazz block for y'all tonight. I decided to come in on spiritual jazz. 
I love spiritual jazz. It's one of my favorites. It kind of mixes the hard bop and experimental and free jazz sounds that were happening at the time with like, you know, Hindustani music, you know, some of that stuff coming out of India at the time, some Pan-Africanism. Just like, it kind of came from John Coltrane mostly, just kind of having a spiritual awakening in the mid-60s. And then that torch was kind of passed on to his uh, his protege, Pharaoh Sanders, also to his daughter, Alice Coltrane, who we will be, we'll be hearing from both of them in this block. But then uh, it, it kind of keeps going after that kind of keeps going so let's let's listen in to some uh some some spiritual music some spiritual jazz music starting in the late 60s and going on till dot 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 we'll see when we get back on the other side here on pandora's blocks night play it by year with me duff dixon <laughs> Do 
right, Chul Jazz Block. Pandora's Block's Not. Play it by year. Uh, you just heard Kamasi Washington. Probably the only modern jazz musician that that a- any Joe on the street could tell you about. That song was Humility from 2017. Before that was Friss by Drich Dudas Mihaly Quartet out of Hungary from 1994. Uh, that amazing organ solo, extended organ solo, was uh, Spiritual Eternal by Alice Coltrane, uh, Coltrane's daughter. And uh, we begin that block with Colors by Pharaoh Sanders, pulling a big uh, confidence move, not even busting his saxophone out until the last five seconds. Hey, that's a, that's a, that was a cool one, though. There's something about spiritual jazz that, like, it's both meditative and, like, kind of psychedelic and kind of, I don't know, it's just freaky stuff. And it's cool that it, like, I don't know, just that it's carried on for so long, I guess. People are always looking to answer the big questions, and they're always looking to play a little jazz music while they do it. Uh, Reminder about our discussion question tonight. What is your area of expertise? Let's go on over to the phones. Caller, you're on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey, Duff. How's it going? My name's Craig. Uh, Sorry, Greg with a G? No, no. Craig with a C. Craig with a C. Hi, Craig. Hey, welcome to Play It By Year. How you doing tonight, Craig? I'm doing real good. I, I I love the show. This is my first time calling in, and uh, you know I'm doing my uh, my Sunday night tradition. I have a uh, IPA and uh, a little bit of a a sample in a jar, if you will. Okay, little IPA got got a little micro brew going. A sample in a jar, you say? Yeah, you know what I mean? A little bit of the a uh, little bit of the herb. I guess a sample because, yeah, my, microbial things happen when you are using yeast uh, in order to create a malted liquor beverage, something like that. Oh, no, I was uh, I was referencing, uh, you know, a little bit of the Chiba. Chiba. That's like a marijuana thing, I think. Right. I don't, sorry, right. I'm, my referenceometer seems a little bit askew. <laughs> For, well, for you, you know, I like to I like to stay on the down low. I hang out in polite society, so well, this I feels don't need like we're everyone getting, to know my business. This feels like we're getting straight into area of expertise. You seem to have a lot of knowledge that maybe I don't possess. Uh, Craig, can you tell me what comes to mind when I say what is your area of expertise? Oh well, uh, I definitely uh, I definitely exceed in uh, live music. That seems to be the thing that I know the most about. Oh, okay. Are you like a board op or a roadie or something like that? No, no, no. I uh, I I trade, but uh, um, no. That my it's what I do in my uh, in my downtime. I, oh, I like okay. To, uh, I like to follow live music. I uh, you know. I I don't do that for a living because I like to make money. If you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, I guess I do. I, sorry, you you follow. You're you're a musician then, and you're you know as your weekend warrior, you like to go out and play uh, music. No, no, no. I listen to uh, live music. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, you've lived for quite a while. I'm sure that you've seen quite a few live shows. Uh, yeah, sure. I've seen a lot of live music in my time. I don't know that I can say I'm like an expert at live music, because what is there to really learn other than, you know, stand there, maybe bob your head. Maybe if it's getting real hot, you could throw down in the pit. Well, I think that 
someone with your expertise and knowledge in just music in general can uh, can attest to the fact that there are probably only a few bands that are worth seeing live. Oh, and sure. I'm an expert uh, in at least one of those bands. Okay, only a few bands. I mean, I think there's value to seeing just about any band live. I mean, I'm trying to think who you might be talking about, though. Uh, how about The Boss? Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band, they're awfully great live. No, no. Uh, I mean, not that I would say no to a Bruce Springsteen show, but uh, that's that's not exactly the type of groove that I'm into. Okay. Uh, Radiohead, they like to kind of rip it up live, you know, had a lot of good live experiences at a Radiohead show. Are you like a Radiohead fan? No, I'm a, I'm a grown up, so I don't listen to Radiohead. Okay. Um, boy, I'm just trying to think of like, who are the real like road giggers? What about Wilco? They've been doing it for a long time. They know how to put on a show. They're all right. And I have seen Wilco, but no, man, I'm talking about fish. Okay. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the okay, best, yeah. Right? I mean, I have to imagine you've seen every fish show because you had the uh, possibility to. Oh boy, I have not seen every fish show. Uh, I think okay. So look, here's what I know about fish. Can I be? Can I level with you, Craig? Oh sure. I I know the song bouncing around the room. Uh, you know, whisper words, and I woke. You know that song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that one. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. Uh and then and then on missions for Archangel, I think I've been to at least one fish show. I think I was at some oh what was it? Like some kind of big cypress, you know, on some Indian reservation in Florida for a mission, but I was very busy, Craig. I was just kind of like you know, doing, I was checking a list. I wasn't really paying attention to what, I mean, I saw a lot of gentlemen who wasn't wearing shirts and I saw a lot of food being eaten that I thought I probably wouldn't eat that if I didn't have a device (laughs) that prevented me from getting sick. But other than that, I gotta, I gotta admit fish is a little bit of a blind spot for me. I know that, that I'm assuming you're one of these people who go on tour with fish. Is that your thing? I do runs here and there. Listen, I've there's really two classes of fish fan. You know, there's there's like me and my friends who got into them in college and then became successful, and we are basically providing the economy of the fish lot. And then uh, and then there's all the dirtbags who go on tour, uh, and uh, you know they're they're the the riffraff that it takes to grease the wheels to keep the keep it fun for us. What do you call these? You can't be call these people dirt bags and riffraff. These are your fellow fish fans. Why do you, why do you look down on them with aspersions? Well, I mean, Duff, you're, if your only show that you went to is it was in Florida, I, I think, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, Um, these guys are literally dirt bags. They don't shower for weeks at a time. Okay, but I'm, you seem like you you keep mentioning successful. You're like you seem to be a mover and a shaker. Is it pretty expensive to go on tour with fish or? Um, uh, like not for me, <laughs> but uh, you know, I guess some some people would say so. But uh, got, you seem to like you want you're the kind of person who would want to tell me anyway, Craig. What do you do uh, on your in your professional life? 
Well, listen, I uh, I've, I do some trading and uh, I, I I'm an investor uh-huh. uh, generally, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, um, yeah, big week for us. Yeah, week. I was going to eat one of these guys <laughs> who got got shoveled over by the game. I got to say, I'm not not too much sympathy for for y'all over on Wall Street on this show, unfortunately. Oh no, I I, I saw it come. I I dipped out. I I don't I don't I don't really uh, play dirty, but uh, but yeah, it is kind of funny to watch these amateurs so that, come in. I guess and, that's but that's sort of breaking my mental image of a fish fan because I do I do just imagine like free spirits, you know, maybe college dropouts, maybe just like I want to go on an adventure this summer. I'm on a tour with my favorite band. I don't necessarily think about like high finance types being fish fans well listen i mean i think the the time for uh the time for being poor is when you're in college and sure fish is a little bit more fun back then but uh but you know that's what you work for in uh in this world is that you work so that you can have the the first class experience when you're traveling with fish or dmb or you know any of the bands that that you know, discerning listeners would, uh, would want to follow. Oh, Craig, I gotta say you're, I'm not a hundred percent on board where, I mean, people are poor because times are tough right now, man. I mean, you're fortunate, but you shouldn't be looking down your nose at people who don't have your opportunities. Well, listen, uh, I think if anybody, if they work hard in boarding school and they get into a good college, <laughs> You're gonna be able to to do well for yourself. I think you know people that don't do well for themselves are lazy. They're hanging around with no shirt, making burritos on the lot. If you know what I mean. I mean, I don't exactly know what you mean, but I basically follow. So, okay, so then your expertise then is that you know a lot about fish. I, I'm I'm gathering. Yeah, I I literally have cataloged every live recorded show. Well, it's it's an inevitability at some point I'm going to have to take the dive, Craig. So where where should I start? How should I become indoctrinated into the fish into the school? Well, I you know, this is probably the worst time to get into them because as you know, uh, or I'm sure you've heard fish is a live experience. They they're incredible live. I mean, they, you could listen to anything uh over your uh, over your computer and It'll sound good because they're the best, but <laughs> it's not going to be, it's not going to be what it is. You know, I mean, that's uh, what, you know, when I was in college and I went to my first fish show and I, I'm not going to lie, somebody slipped me a little fungus chocolate. Uh, you know, I, I never felt better than when I was in the middle of just a really crunchy jam. When you were on that fungus chocolate, Craig, at any point, did you think, hey, Maybe it's not all about competition. Maybe I'm one member of one giant human organism and I got to treat my brother as my brother. Well, sure. But, but that's just like, that's like immature college talk. You know, we all think that way in the middle of the jam. And I guess it's a, that's how we can tolerate each other. You in the know? middle of the but, jam. Right. But well. uh, yeah, you know, at an apex of a really, really crunchy groove. You, I mean, Everyone, you don't care who you're, who you're surrounded by. You don't care whose fingers smell like burritos, you know? But uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm trying to dumb out when I'm getting into a big, crunchy fish groove. Right, yeah. yeah you're, you're, uh, you're, you're experiencing things on a higher level, if you know what I mean. 
All right. And I'm not well, just talking about drugs. I'm talking about the music. Okay, well, expert, give me a give me a, a life raft in. Where do I start? What do I do? Well, here's the thing. I I mean, I think you you always have to go with live music. You can't you gotta go there's so much to choose from with fish. Uh but I would say I would say you gotta you gotta uh, like I'll play you a little something. Uh this is a this is from a 1997 show at uh, Madison Square Garden, um, oh. and this this is like the apex. This is like one of their one of their jam songs, and this is the apex of the jam. And you could hear it build, and then you can hear it explode. And uh, and you know nothing better than okay. sitting back on All a right, Sunday Craig, night. My my heart and my ears are open. So All give right, me what here you, got. you go. hear that big guitar yeah it sounds a little bit like i mean i know what your rig is there kind of sounds like just being played to me over a phone right now look no it's over my computer Uh, oh okay listen to this listen here's the build and then they explode all right i'm assuming we're in the build right now guess we're still in the build Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I could, I could tell you're feeling it. I could tell you're feeling it. Okay. Uh, yeah. 1997, Madison Square Garden. The name of that song, by the way. Uh, you Enjoy Myself. You Enjoy Myself. All they right. knew that it was a song everyone would enjoy. So they gave it an appropriate title. Okay, and, sure. Yeah. I mean, I listen, I w- I've been into fish since I was in college. And then uh, I luckily I I've, I stayed into it so I could pass it on to my children uh, who are in college now. Uh, uh, they, I'll be honest, they're not really taking to it that well. <laughs> okay, yeah. How do they feel about you in general? Do you do you find that they kind of hate your guts and everything that you stand for? Uh, I mean, they haven't said that in those exact words, uh, but yeah, I mean, they get, they get into all that BLM nonsense and, uh, and, uh, yeah, they, they probably would like to go to these, uh, well, yeah, listen, I, I don't, I don't like, uh, BLM because I'm not racist. Okay. I, I, uh, no, I don't follow at all. You don't like Black Lives Matter because you're not racist, right? That, because uh, ideally, like that it's means racist you should... against everyone else. Okay, so man, uh, but it doesn't. It's not called Black Lives Matter to the exclusion of every other kind. I'm not doing this with you, Craig. Good lord. Look, we got off track. Uh, I'm, you know, just so you know, I'm not racist. I've, I have a couple of uh, Bob Marley albums, I'll admit. Uh, so, yeah, don't try to paint me as a KKK member here. I'm just it's very uh, big of you to admit that on the air. Yeah. That you have a couple of Bob, I'm assuming greatest hits and uh, Buffalo Soldier, something like that. Well, uh, Legend. Legend, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Matty Dread. <laughs> yep. That's the two. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, hey, look, I mean, 
I don't know if I got it in me right now necessarily to become a big fish guy. I, 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 I love the sense of community. I have to assume not everybody at the fish show is going to have your exact perspective on that community. Uh, no, they, they kind of look down on me because of, uh, because they're jealousy, you know, obviously, but if I go uh, to a fish show, should I take drugs? I guess that's my main question. I mean, uh, maybe, maybe your first time. I mean, I like, I like smoking a little grass in a fish show, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, having a beer or two and then, uh, you know, uh, the other stuff that's, you know, when I was in college, sure. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I have to drive home. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel that. Yeah. 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 My kids might be into taking, uh, drugs, uh, probably not at a fish show, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, I thought I set them up for success. I named them after fish characters and songs and, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it turned out they actually resent it quite okay. a bit. Okay. I gotta ask Craig, can you please tell me the names of your children? If that's not uh, too invasive. My eldest son is Elihu and, uh, my daughter is Axela. And then uh, my uh, other daughter is Fluffhead. And then uh, we do have a cat named Billy Breathes. <laughs> okay, great. <But> sure. <laughs> I raised them mostly myself uh, because uh, I am a widower. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, look, we all have our, our struggles in life. I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm glad that you were there for them, even if maybe... You know, we don't see eye to eye on everything. It's good that you stepped up for them. Um, yeah. And I'm sorry about I, your... I mean, your... they were raised by the best help money can buy, so... Okay. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry about your late partner, though. That That's so... I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, she she uh, died of dehydration at the Clifford's Ball, 1996. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, you got got to keep drinking water. That's so sad. I'm so... I'm so sorry to hear that, Craig. Uh, I, I feel responsible because, uh, you know, the boys were uh, in the middle of a crazy, what ended up being a 45-minute long bathtub gym jam. And she kept asking if I would escort her to the, to the concession so that she could get something to drink. But, I mean, they were just in the groove, man. I couldn't. I could not walk away. It just was not an option. Any regrets? And, uh, if you could go back and do it all over again? Well, I mean, sure, we'd go to the concession stand uh, because I, I have crystal clear soundboard copies of the bootleg from that show. So <laughs> knowing that I could have that now, I would, of course, of course, I would have gone to get a bottle <laughs> of water for my wife. But <clears throat> it wasn't an option at that time. And, uh, you know, it is a little bittersweet when I hear that song. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure bathtub gin must just get you right back into your feelings there. Craig. It reminds me of how much I loved my wife. And then, uh, it also reminds me of what those guys can do with a really good riff. <laughs> I'll put it on after the show. I will listen to bathtub gin after the show. I'll listen to the Clifford's Ball one. I'll try to imagine you out there with your your late betrothed and, uh, you know, those last precious moments y'all spent together getting real crunchy. Yeah. Do it for Axela and Fluffhead and Alehu, please. I'll do it for Fluffhead especially. Craig, thank you so much for calling in. She's had a rough life. (laughs) I'm 
sure. I'm sure she has, Craig. Thank you for calling in. Fish fans, they're a species unto themselves. Not sure how I feel 100% about that Craig guy, but hey, I know exactly how I feel about uh, great music. And I know how I feel about Pandora's blocks. Let's get into the last block of the evening. Okay. I tried so many times to get a block going on this in past episodes, but here's the problem. You can only make so many Broadway musicals every year. There's, it's one street. It costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of time. You're not putting out four classic Broadway musicals in a single year. I needed the complete span of history to make the show tunes block. And that's what y'all are about to be subjected to. So get those jazz hands going. Maybe get a little sequins top hat that you can do a tip, a little tip to. You know, I'm a little teapot your hips and tip your your hat. Here on the show tunes block on Pandora's Blocks Diet, play it by year with me, Duff Dixon. Welcome and bienvenue. Welcome. Fremde, étranger, stranger. Glück, zu sehen, je suis enchanté. Happy to see you, bleibe, reste, stay. Willkommen and bienvenue, welcome. Im Cabaret, oh, Cabaret, du Cabaret. Meine Damen und Herren, meine Damen, Monsieur, Ladies und Gentlemen. Guten Abend, bonsoir, good evening. Wie geht's? Comment ça va? Do you feel good? Ich bin euer Confrancier, just with budget compare. I am your host und sagen, willkommen, bienvenue, welcome. Im Cabaret, oh, Cabaret, du Cabaret. Leave your troubles outside. So, life is disappointing. Forget it. In here, life is beautiful. The girls, <laughs> they are beautiful. Even the orchestra is beautiful. <laughs> Don't believe me? Well, don't take my word for it. Ask her! Outside, it is winter. But in here, it is so hot! Every night we have the battle to stop the girls from taking off all their clothing. So don't go away. Who knows? Tonight we may lose the battle!
hundreds, many men to make a gun. Men in the mines to dig the iron, men in the mills to forge the steel, men at machines to turn the barrel, mold the trigger, shape the wheel. It takes a lot of men to make a gun. One gun and all you have to do is move your little finger, move your little finger and you can change the world. Why should you be blue when you've your little finger? Prove how just a little finger can. I change the world. What a wonder is a gun. What a versatile invention. First of all, when you've a gun, everybody pays attention. When you think what must be done, think of all that it can do. Remove a scoundrel, unite a party, preserve the union. Promote the sales of my book. Ensure my future, my niche in history, and then the world will see that I am not a man to overlook. Aha! And all you have to do is squeeze your little finger. Ease your little finger back. You can change the world. Whatever else is true, you trust your little finger. Just a single little finger can change the world. I got this really great gun. Shit, where is it? No, it's really great. Wait. Shit, where is it? Anyway, it's just a 38, but it's a gun. You can make a statement wrong with a gun, even if you fail. It tells them who you are, where you stand. This one was on sale. It no, not the shoe. Well, actually, the shoe was too. No, that's not it. Shit, I had it here. Got it. Men in the mines and in the steel mill 
Bones, minute machines who died for what? Something to buy? A watch, a shoe, a gun, a thing to make the bosses richer, but like what place many men before it's done? Just one. Once upon a time there was a railroad line. Don't ask where, brother, don't ask where. It was the road to hell. 
show tunes block play it by ear uh you just heard road to hell from hades town that was from 2019 uh before that angry inch from hedvig and the angry inch 1998 and uh before that the gun song from assassins by steven sondheim 1990 we began that block with willkommen from Cabaret, 1966. I like show tunes. I'm not going to apologize for it. I like I like when you sing your feelings all the way out loud. <clears throat> that's the kind of that's the kind of spoon feeding I can get down with. Where it's like I know that guy's sad because he's singing about how sad he is. It's very friendly for people who are maybe like lower emotional IQ. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, were y'all theater brats as kids? Say in the chat if you were. Hey, uh, we got one more call going on tonight. Reminder again, your discussion question this evening. What is your area of expertise? Let's throw on over to the phones. Caller, you're on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey, Duff. This is Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Shannon, you sound familiar. Were, were you on the show once before? Yeah, I called in to talk about Love Island. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> that's that's not my area. <laughs> we talked about we talked about Love Island. Is that okay? Well, you say it's not. So your area of expertise is not like caddy reality contest shows. I mean, like it might be, but I, that's not what I want to cop to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, let's have your forward-facing, your public-facing uh, area of expertise, Shannon. What is your area of expertise? Well, I was inspired by the last caller who came in to call about fish because my area of expertise is actually shrimp. Like real oh, shrimp. <laughs> like real shrimp, not a band. Real shrimp. Real okay. Shrimp. You just like uh you just love eating them critters, like having a cocktail sauce and a big icy bowl in front of you, something like that. Uh, I actually have a, a I have a doctorate in shrimp. Whoa! <laughs> PhD on play uh, by year. Uh, yes, I, I specialize in freshwater wetland shrimp. Like basically, you sound so young. You must be a mover and a shaker. Um, I mean, I I appreciate that. I am thirty, so not so much, but <laughs> young at heart. Young at heart, but still yeah, a go. doctor yep. of shrimp. <laughs> that that's me. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So this, I'm not this dumb. Okay. I'm not so dumb that I think that means when a shrimp is sick, they come see you <laughs> and you give them shrimp medicine. I'm not that dumb, but I'm also not smart enough to know exactly what it means to be a doctor of shrimp. Can you, can you get, can you bridge that gap a little for me? Sure. Well, so so my work, these shrimp that I study are part of uh, critically endangered wetland systems. Cool. Okay, so you're like conservation stuff. Yeah, I do conservation genetics, and I'm working on learning about how they change, how their population is structured, um, things like how can we protect them better in the face of climate change, because they're really important members of this ecosystem. Oh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of stuff eats. Like, I know, obviously, whales eat kelp, but they also eat, like, brine shrimp and stuff, right? What What's... Uh, am I wrong in my head for still picturing, like... A jumbo prawn. What am I? What, what should I? What should I be picturing right now? Picture a sea monkey. Okay, one hundred percent. I'm on it. Okay. Okay. You got a little sea monkey floating around in the ocean. 
No, they live in ponds. The ones I, I study specialize in temporary ponds. And they live there because, like, fish and their, like, predators can't live in those temporary waters. So they, like, get a lot of latitude out of being the only critters in these temporary wetlands. Oh, wow. Okay. See, this seems like a good gig. This seems I, like a pretty good a pretty good evolutionary hand of cards to be dealt. Yeah, so a lot of these things are considered living fossils. So like the, morphologically, the way they're shaped, the way they look hasn't changed in like 500 million years. Whoa, okay. Now we're talking cuz I mean right. I've been 500 million years ago before. Not a lot yeah. doing a but also everything's different, man. Look around, you ain't going to see nothing that you recognize. Yeah, you, you were there. You must know like you know, you look in those little puddles and you've got these little shrimp-like creatures coming out after a big rain. And they're like the only vertebrate or the only um, like land-dwelling creatures out there are these little shrimp. Wild. Okay, so then a temporary pond. So basically, yeah, okay, it's monsoon season, it's wetland season. You got these little ecosystems, these little bubbles of of life inside of water how, how what they certainly didn't come with the rain are they living on the in, like all dried up on the land until the water comes yeah exactly so i don't know when you were growing up did you guys have sea monkeys you know you could order yeah, them in yeah, the back yeah, of yeah. comic books mail order in a little in a little uh envelope and then you dump exactly. them into some water you can do that because those are actually fertilized eggs they're like little insisted embryos and those things can resist drying. They can resist almost boiling water. They can sit in the soil for decades until it rains again. And then they just hatch out like it's only been a day. Dang, hardy as heck. What's the lifespan on one of those little things? Uh, the cyst or the adult? Well, the, the adult. The adults live uh, about six weeks. Not too long then, but what's it looking like? What's it like to be a brine shrimp? Uh, I think it, it sounds like a really great life. So they, um, they flit around on their back. Um, the freshwater ones are called fairy shrimp because of the way they move in this sort of darting, almost like flying fashion in the water. Um, fairy shrimp. I know. And they've got, uh, 13 sets of legs and their legs are called philopods, which means leaf feet because they're big paddle shaped feet and they've got gills on the bottom. So they just sort of float around on their back, and every time they push through the water, they are moving themselves forward, and they're passing air over their gills, and they're funneling food down something called a food chute, which is just like <laughs> the middle of their body, into their mouth. <laughs> so they just sort of float around eating all the time. You know, kudos to your forebearer, whichever shrimp doctor deemed to call it a food shoot. I'm very, right? I'm, I'm glad that they, that they kept it in the parlance that a Duff Dixon, even a Duff Dixon understands what, what a food shoot is. This does not sound like a bad way to live. Six weeks, no, sounds you're great. floating around, you're just eating, you're hanging out in your big puddle. I'm assuming it's there's not like fish swimming around in there, nothing to eat you. No, exactly. That's why they live in those the ones that dry up because the fish don't live there. Man, this is like a whole. This is what I hope. I hope that the that the Hindus are correct and that I have lived my life in a in a karmically you know net positive enough way that I might come back 
as a as a freeze dry style sea monkey in a little puddle. And maybe you'll scoop me up into a little uh, beaker, and you'll say, "Hey, look at that! There's Duff Dixon, the the sea monkey. Let's get him back to the lab. Let's look at his genes." <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be like that great if I did that because we tend to put them in, in alcohol, which is you know pr- maybe not the worst way to go, but certainly the end of their lives. <laughs> Something I've never experienced before, drowning in alcohol. So, I mean... It's true. You know, actually... Chalk it up to the bucket list. Maybe it's great. It could be great. Maybe they're like, <laughs> finally, out of this out of this water, I can finally just jump into some Kettle One, into some Tito's old-fashioned vodka, and just coast out into the great blue yonder, getting just crunk, being the crunkest shrimp in the pond. It's true. And I guess because they have gills and they breathe, like... Imagine breathing in alcohol as if it was air. I mean, it doesn't sound pleasant necessarily, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Shannon. You're right. I was really trying to put a positive spin on that. That part seems a little bit acrid, perhaps. Hey, Dr. Shrimp Shannon, thank you so much for calling in with a, a true expert tonight on Play It By Year. Boy, she knows everything. Love Island. She knows shrimp. At least those two things. Great call from Shannon there. Uh, Okay. I think we finally made it to the end of the Pandora's Blocks episode. Guess what next week is? Did you get a chance to say it out loud? I want to give you a chance. 2020. That's right. Let's stick a fork in her. Let's get rid of the 2020. Let's never speak of her again. We're going to see her off Viking funeral style next week on our 2020 episode. Uh, But before that, you might be thinking, I guess he can't end the show because he likes to play a song by the big five. And this is all blocks that don't fit into any specific year. Guess what? One of the big five did dip their toe in such a block. I'm going to give you a chance to think. All right. The year is 1968, I think. Is that right? Is that in my notes? I think it's 1968. It is David Bowie. (laughs) The genre is novelty music. And so we will be leaving today's episode with one of them very sketchy early Bowie singles. Please put your hands together for one of the big five. The rest in peace, the the Ziggy Stardust, the legend, David Bowie to take us out tonight on Pandora's Blocks episode with the Laughing Gnome. Go Bruin! <laughs>
said the laughing no Well I gave him roasted toadstools And a glass of dandelion wine Then I put him on a train to Eastbourne Carried his bag and gave him a fag Yeah, where do you come from? No man's Oh really? In the morning when I woke up He was sitting on the edge of my bed With his brother whose name was Fred He brought him along to sing me a song I don't hear it yeah, What's that clicking noise? A gnome to go to? No, we are gnomes. <laughs> Didn't they teach you to get your hair cut at school? You look like a rolling gnome. Yeah, not at the London School of Economics. Now they're staying up the chimney, and we're living on caviar and honey. Because <laughs> they're earning me lots of money, fighting comedy pros for radio shows. It's the, uh, it's the gnome service, of course. <laughs> Ha ha ha, 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 